Welcome, everyone. Welcome to today's reading of Alcoholic Anonymous. My name is Fernando. I'm an alcoholic. I have my friend Rick say good morning to the people, Rick. Good morning, everybody. Amen. We're going to do the reading of the men at work. Let's go ahead and start it off with the uh, set aside prayer, please. Lord, I set aside everything I think I know about you, about this program, myself, and my fellow man, so that I can be of better service to you, myself, and my fellow man. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to start from the big book, AA, page 24. I'll go ahead and ask Rick to kick us off, please. The fact is, most alcoholics, for reasons yet obscured, have lost of power, choice, or treat. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable, at certain times, to bring into our consciousness with a sufficient, sufficient force of memory of the suffering and humiliation of a week, even a week or a month ago. We are out with defense against this first treat. If the almost certain consequences follow and taking even a glass of beer do not crowd the mind to deter us. If these thoughts occur, they are hazily and rapidly uh, and, and rapidly supplanted in an old threadbare idea that this time we shall handle ourselves like other people. There is a complete failure against this kind of defense that keeps one from putting his hands on us. So, The alcoholic may say to himself in the most casual way, it's not going to burn me this time, so here's how. Or perhaps he doesn't think at all. How often have some of us begun to drink in this nonchalant way and after the third or the fourth pounded on the bar and said to ourselves, for God's sake, how did I ever get started again? Only to have that thought supplanted by, well, I'll stop with a six string. Or, what's the use anyhow? With this sort of thinking is fully established in an individual with alcoholic tendencies, he has probably placed himself beyond human aid and unless locked up may die or go permanently insane. These stark and ugly facts have been confirmed by legions of alcoholics throughout eternity or throughout history. But for the grace of God, there will be, have been thousands more convincing demonstrations. So many want to stop, but cannot. Uh, there is a solution. Almost, uh, almost none of us uh, like to self-searching the living of our pride, the confessions of a shortcoming which progress requires uh, its successful consolidation. But we have had it, but, but we saw that it really worked in others, and we had to come believe in the hopelessness and the fertility of life which we have been living in. When therefore we were approached by those whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us to do but pick up a, a kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven, and we can we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence which we not even dreamed. The great fact is just this, and nothing less that we've had deep, effective spiritual experiences which we have revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, towards our fellows, and towards God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is deemed miraculous. He has commenced and accomplished those things for which we could never 
do by ourselves. If you are seriously alcoholic as we were, we believe there's no middle of the ground solution. We were in a position where life was becoming impossible. And if we had passed into the region from which there is no return through human aid, but we had two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could. The other, to accept spiritual help. This we did because we honestly wanted to and were willing to make the effort. Selfishness, self-centeredness. Oh, excuse me, page 62. Let's go ahead and turn to page 62, please. 62. Yeah. Selfishness, self-centeredness. That, we think, is the root of our troubles. Uh Uh-oh. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. We step on the toes of our fellows, and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us, seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that sometime in the past we have made decisions based on self, which later place us in a position to be hurt. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourself, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. Above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must or it kills us. God makes that possible. And there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us have had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we cannot live up to them even though we would have liked to. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying our own power. We had to have God's help. Us. This is the how and the why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that they're offering the drama of life, but God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father. We are his children. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was a keystone in a new triumphant arch, which we passed through freedom. When we certainly took a position where all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer. Being all-powerful, he provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established at such a point, we became less and less interested in ourselves and our little plans designed. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life as well. We felt power, a new power flow in as we enjoyed peace of mind and discovered we could face life successfully. We became conscious of his presence and began to lose our fear of today's tomorrow. Thereafter, we were reborn. Keep going. And uh, <clears throat> we were never on step three. Many of us had said to our maker as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee and build with me and do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me from the bondage of self and that I better do thy will. Take away my difficulties and Victor over them and bear witness to those who I have helped by thy power, thy love, thy way of life. May I do thy, thy will always. We thought well before taking a step, making sure we were ready that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. Amen. Page 76, please. 76. When ready, we say something like this. My creator. I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad, 
I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go off from here to do your bidding. Amen. We have then completed step seven. Page 86, please. 86. On awakening. On awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonors, or self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance, for after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is clear or wrong motives. Pass. In thinking about our day, we face the indecisions where we may not be able to determine which course to take. Here's where we ask God for inspiration of intuitive thought or a decision. We relax, we take it easy, we don't throw. We often surprise at how the bright answers come after we've tried this for a while. <clears throat> what used to be the hunch of occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. But you still have any experience in having such made such conscious contact with God. It is not probable that we are going to uh, be inspired at all times. We might pay for that presumption of all sorts of spirit actions and ideas. Nevertheless, we can come, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. Amen. We usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be, that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. If circumstances warrant, we ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. If we belong to a religious denomination which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If not members or religious bodies, we sometimes select and memorize a few said prayers which emphasize the principles we have been discussing. There are many helpful books also. Suggestions about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. As we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show. Humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, Thy will be done. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, Anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily for we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It works and really does. Page 416, please. It helped me a great deal to become convinced that alcoholism was a disease, not a moral issue. I had been drinking as a result of a compulsion, even though I had not been aware of this compulsion at the time. And as sobriety was not a matter of willpower, but the people of AA had something that looked much better than what I had. 
and I was afraid to let go of what I had in order to try something new. There was a certain sense of security in the familiar. That last exception has proven the key to my drinking problem. We have, I have been around AA for seven months, tapering off of pills and alcohol and pills, uh, not finding the program working very well. I was finally able to say, okay, God, it's true. Of all people, strange it may seem, even though I didn't give my permission, I, I really, really am an alcoholic of sorts. And it's all right with me. Now, what am I going to do about it? When I stopped living in the problem, began living in the answer, the problem went away. From that moment on, I have not had a single potion to drink. And exception is the answer to all my problems today. But what I am disturbed is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life, unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it's supposed to be at the moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Until I accept my alcoholism, I cannot stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I needed to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world, but what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. Amen. It helped me. Oh, my attitudes. Okay. Shakespeare said, all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. He forgot to mention that I was the chief critic. I was always able to see the flaw in every person, every situation. And I was always glad to point it out because I knew you wanted perfection just as I did. AA and acceptance have taught me that there is a bit of good in the worst of us and a bit of bad in the best of us. That we are children of God. That we each have a right to be here. When I complain about me or about you, I am complaining about God's handiwork. I am saying that I know better than God. For years I was sure that the worst thing that could happen to a nice guy like me would be that I would turn out to be an alcoholic. Today, I find it is the best thing that has ever happened to me. This proves I don't know what's good for me, and if I don't know what's good for me, then I don't know what's good or bad for you or for anyone. So I am better off if I don't give advice, don't figure I know what's best, and just accept life on life's terms as it is today, especially my own life as it actually is. Before AA, I judged myself by my intentions while the world was judging me by my actions. Pass. Accepting has been the answer to my marital problems, even though it's through AA has given me a new pair of glasses. Max and I have been married now for 35 years. Prior to our marriage, she was a shy, scrawny adolescence. I was able to see things in her that others necessarily couldn't see. Things like beauty, charm, gaiety, a gift for bees, and a talk to a sense of humor, and many other fine qualities. It was... If uh, rather than I rather than a minor touch which turns everything into gold, a magnified mind that can magnify whatever it focuses on. Over the years, I thought about Max and her good qualities grew and grew, and we married, and all these qualities became more and more apparent to me, and we were happier and happier. But as I drank more and more, the alcohol seemed to affect my vision. Instead of continuing to see what was good about my wife, I began to see her. Defects 
And the more I focused my mind on her defects, the more they grew and multiplied. Every defect I pointed out to her became greater and greater. Each time I told her she was nothing, she reduced a little bit more into nowhere. The more I drank, the more she wilted. Then one day in AA, I was told that I had the lenses in my glasses backwards. The courage to change the serenity prayer meant not that I should change my marriage, but rather that I should change myself and learn to accept my spouse as she was. AA has given me a new pair of glasses. I can again focus on my wife's good qualities and watch them grow, grow, and grow. In this, I can do the same thing with an AA meeting. The more I focus my mind on its defects, late starts, long drunkologues, cigarette smoke, the worse the meeting becomes. But when I try to see what I can add to the meeting rather than what I can get out of it, and when I focus my mind on what's good about it rather than what's wrong with it, the meeting keeps getting better, better, and better. When I focus on what's good today, I have a good day. And when I focus on what's bad, I have a bad day. If I focus on a problem, the problem increases. If I focus on the answer, the answer increases. Page 420, please, 420. Perhaps the best thing of all to remember is that our serenity is universally proportional to our expectations. The higher our expectations of backs and other people, the lower my serenity is. I can watch my certainty level rise when I discard my expectations, but I, by rights, try to move in, and they too can force my serenity level down. We have discarded all rights, and as well as my expectations, by asking myself how important is it really? How is it important compared to my serenity and my emotional sobriety? And when I place more value on my serenity and, and sobriety more than anything else, I can maintain it at a higher level, at least for the time being. Acceptance has been the key to my relationship with God today. I never just sit around do nothing while waiting for him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do whatever in front of me that needs to be done and release the results up to him. However it turns out, that's God's will for me. I must keep my magnified mind on my acceptance and off my expectations by but my serenity is directly proportional to my level of acceptance. And when I remember this, I can see I've never had it so good. Thank God for AA. Amen. P- turn to page 552, 552, please. Uh-huh. He said, in effect, if you have a resentment you want to be free of, if you will pray for the person or the thing that you resent, you will be free. If you will ask in prayer for everything you want for yourself to be given to them, you will be free. As for their health, their prosperity, their happiness, and you will be free. Even when you don't really want it for them and your prayers are only words and you don't mean it. Go ahead and do it anyway. Do it every day for two weeks and you will find you have come to mean it and to want it for them. And you will realize that where you used to feel bitterness and resentment and hatred, you now feel compassionate, understanding, and love. It worked for me then, and it has worked for me many times since, and it will work for me every time I am willing to work it. Sometimes I have to ask first for the willingness, but it too always comes. And because it works for me, it will work for all of us. As another great man says, The only freedom a human being can ever know is doing what you ought to do 
because you want to do it. This great experience that released me from the bondage of hatred and replaced it with love is really just another affirmation of the truth I know. I get everything I need in Alcoholics Anonymous and everything I need, I get. And when I get what I need, I invariably find that it was just what I wanted all the time. All right, page uh, 100, please. 100. day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. We look back and we realize there, there, that the things that which came to us when we were putting ourselves in God's hand were much better than anything we could have, have planned. Follow the decades of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world no matter how, no, uh, no matter what your present circumstances. Amen. Uh, Amen. Page 83, please. Bottom of 83. Okay. Mm -hmm. If we're pacing about this phrase in our development, we will be amazed before we're halfway through. We're going to go know a new freedom, a new happiness, and we're not going to pass. We'll share the door. We will comprehend the word serenity, and we will know peace no matter how far down the scale we have gone. We will see how our experiences can benefit others and and the feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will in, lose interest in our selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude upon, and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these the promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Amen. Page 85. It is easy. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of the will. Much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. If we have carefully followed directions, we have begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God conscious. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense. But we must go further, and that means more action. Page 43, bottom of 43, please. Once more, the alcohol at a certain time has no effect on his mental defense against the first strain. Except for a few rare cases, neither nor any other human being can provide such a defense. This defense must come from a higher power. D.N., beautiful, beautiful, wonderful words of life. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Rick, for coming on here. Let's go ahead and close with the Lord's Prayer, please. Mm -hmm. Our Father... 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep, keep coming back. Thank you so much, Rick. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. We'll, thank you. Thank you. Hope to see you tomorrow. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to today's reading of Alcoholic Anonymous. My name is Fernando. I'm an alcoholic. I have my friend Rick say good morning to the people, Rick. Good morning, everybody. Amen. We're going to do the reading of the men at work. Let's go ahead and start it off with the uh, set aside prayer, please. Lord, I set aside everything I think I know about you, about this program myself and my fellow man so then I can be of better service to you myself and my fellow man in Jesus name we pray amen all right we're going to start from the big book AA page 24 I'll go ahead and ask Rick to kick us off please our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with a sufficient, sufficient force of memory of the suffering and humiliation of a week, even a week or a month ago. We are out with defense against this first street. If the almost certain consequences follow and taking even a glass of beer do not crowd the mind to deter us. If these thoughts occur, they are hazily and rapidly... <clears throat> And and rapidly supplanted in the old threadbare idea that this time we shall handle ourselves like other people. There is a complete failure against this kind of defense that keeps one from putting his hands on us. So, the alcoholic may say to himself in the most casual way, "It's not going to burn me this time." So here's how. Or perhaps he doesn't think at all. How often have some of us begun to drink in this nonchalant way? And after the third of the fourth, pounded on the bar and said to herself, For God's sake, how did I ever get started again? Only to have that thought supplanted by, Well, I'll stop with a six string. Or, What's the use anyhow? With this sort of thinking is fully established in an individual with alcoholic tendencies, he has probably placed himself beyond human aid and unless locked up may die or go permanently insane. These stark and ugly facts have been confirmed by legions of alcoholics throughout eternity or throughout history. But for the grace of God, there will be, have been thousands more convincing demonstrations. So many want to stop, but cannot. Uh, there is a solution almost none of, almost none of us uh, like to Self-searching the living of our pride, the confessions of a shortcoming which progress requires uh, its successful consumption. 
But we have had, uh, but we saw that it really worked in others. We had come believe in the hopelessness and the fertility of life which we have been living in. When therefore we were approached by those whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us to do but pick up a, a kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven, and we can we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence which we not even dreamed. The great fact is just this, and nothing less, that we have had deep, effective spiritual experiences which we have revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, towards our fellows, and towards God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is deemed miraculous. He has commenced and accomplished those things for which we could never do by ourselves. If you are seriously alcoholic as we were, we believe there's no middle-of-the-ground solution. We were in a position where life was becoming impossible, and if we had passed into the region from which there is no return through human aid, but we had two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could, the other, to accept spiritual help. This we did because we honestly wanted to and were willing to make the effort. Selfishness, self-centeredness, oh, excuse me, page 62. Let's go ahead and turn to page 62, please. 62? Yeah. Selfishness, self-centeredness. That, we think, is the root of our troubles. Uh-oh. Driven by a hundred forms of fear. Self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. We step on the toes of our fellows, and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us, seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past we have made decisions based on self, which later places us in a position to be hurt. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourself, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. Above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must or it kills us. God makes that possible. And there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us have had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we cannot live up to them even though we would have liked to. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying our own power. We had to have God's help. This is the how and the why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that they're offering the drama of life, but God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father. We are his children. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was a keystone in a new triumphant arch, which we passed through freedom. When we certainly took a position where all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer. Being all-powerful, he provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established at such a point, we became less and less interested in ourselves and our little plans designed. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life as well we felt power, a new power flow in as we enjoyed peace of mind and discovered we could face life successfully, we became conscious of his presence and began to lose our fear of stage of moral thereafter we were reborn. 
keep going. And uh, we were never separate. Many of us had said to our maker, as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee, and build with me, and do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me from the bondage of self, and that uh, I better do thy will. Take away my difficulties and victory over them, and bear witness to those who I have helped of my thy power, thy love, thy way of life. May I do thy, thy will always. We thought well before taking a step, making sure we were ready that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. Amen. Page 76, please. 76. When ready, we say something like this. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad, I pray that you not remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go off from here to do your bidding. Amen. We have then completed step seven. Page 86, please. 86. On awakening. On awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonors, or self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance, for after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is clear or wrong motives. Pass. In thinking about our day, we face the indecisions where we may not be able to determine which course to take. Here's where we ask God for inspiration of intuitive thought or a decision. We relax, we take it easy, we don't throw. We often surprise at how the bright answers come after we've tried this for a while. <clears throat> what used to be the hunch of occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. But you still have an experience in having such made such conscious contact with God. It is not probable that we are going to uh, be inspired at all times. We might pay for that presumption of all sorts of spirit actions and ideas. Nevertheless, we come, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. Amen. We usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be, that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. If circumstances warrant, we ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. If we belong to a religious denomination which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If not members or religious bodies, we sometimes select and memorize a few said prayers which emphasize the principles we have been discussing. There are many helpful books also. Suggestions about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. As we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show. Humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, 
Thy will be done. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily for we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It works and really does. Page 416. Please. It helped me a great deal to become convinced that alcoholism was a disease, not a moral issue. I had been drinking as a result of a compulsion, even though I had not been aware of this compulsion at the time. And that sobriety was not a matter of willpower, but the people of AA had something that looked much better than what I had. And I was afraid to let go of what I had in order to try something new. There was a certain sense of security in the familiar. That last exception has proven the key to my drinking problem. We have, I have been around AA for seven months, tapering off of pills and alcohol and pills, uh, not finding the program working very well. I was finally able to say, okay, God, it's true. Of all people, strangely it may seem, even though I didn't give my permission, I, I really, really am an alcoholic of sorts. And it's all right with me. Now, what am I going to do about it? When I stopped living in the problem, began living in the answer, the problem went away. From that moment on, I have not had a single potion to drink. And exception is the answer to all my problems today. But what I am disturbed is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life, unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it's supposed to be at the moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Until I accept my alcoholism, I cannot stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I needed to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world, but what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. Amen. It helped me. Oh, my attitudes. Okay. Shakespeare said, all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. He forgot to mention that I was the chief critic. I was always able to see the flaw in every person, every situation. And I was always glad to point it out because I knew you wanted perfection just as I did. AA and acceptance have taught me that there is a bit of good in the worst of us and a bit of bad in the best of us. That we are children of God. That we each have a right to be here. When I complain about me or about you, I am complaining about God's handiwork. I am saying that I know better than God. For years I was sure that the worst thing that could happen to a nice guy like me would be that I would turn out to be an alcoholic. Today, I find it is the best thing that has ever happened to me. This proves I don't know what's good for me, and if I don't know what's good for me, then I don't know what's good or bad for you or for anyone. So I am better off if I don't give advice, don't figure I know what's best, and just accept life on life's terms as it is today, especially my own life as it actually is. Before AA, I judged myself by my intentions while the world was judging me by my actions. Pass. Accepting has been the answer to my marital problems, even though 
this through AA has given me a new pair of glasses. Max and I have been married now for 35 years. Prior to our marriage, she was a shy, scrawny adolescent. I was able to see things in her that others necessarily couldn't see. Things like beauty, charm, gaiety, a gift for being easy to talk to, a sense of humor, and many other fine qualities. It was if uh, rather than I rather than a minor touch, which turns everything into gold. A magnified mind that can magnify whatever it focuses on. Over the years, I thought about Max and her good qualities grew and grew, and we married, and all these qualities became more and more apparent to me, and we were happier and happier. But as I drank more and more, the alcohol seemed to affect my vision. Instead of continuing to see what was good about my wife, I began to see her defects. And the more I focused my mind on her defects, the more they grew and multiplied. Every defect I pointed out to her became greater and greater. Each time I told her she was nothing, she reduced a little bit more into nowhere. The more I drank, the more she wilted. Then one day in AA, I was told that I had the lenses in my glasses backwards. The courage to change the serenity prayer meant not that I should change my marriage, but rather that I should change myself and learn to accept my spouse as she was. AA has given me a new pair of glasses. I can again focus on my wife's good qualities and watch them grow, grow, and grow. In this, I can do the same thing with an AA meeting. The more I focus my mind on its defects, late starts, long drunkologues, cigarette smoke, the worse the meeting becomes. But when I try to see what I can add to the meeting rather than what I can get out of it, and when I focus my mind on what's good about it rather than what's wrong with it, the meaning keeps getting better, better, and better. When I focus on what's good today, I have a good day. And when I focus on what's bad, I have a bad day. If I focus on a problem, the problem increases. If I focus on the answer, the answer increases. Page 420, please, 420. Perhaps the best thing of all to remember is that our serenity is universally proportional to our expectations. The higher our expectations of Max and other people, the lower my serenity is. I can watch my serenity level rise when I discard my expectations, but I, by rights, try to move in, and they too can force my serenity level down. We have discarded all rights, and as well as my expectations, by asking myself how important is it really. How is it important compared to my serenity and my emotional sobriety? And when I place more value on my serenity and, and sobriety more than anything else, I can maintain it at a higher level, at least for the time being. Acceptance has been the key to my relationship with God today. I never just sit around do nothing while waiting for Him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do whatever in front of me that needs to be done and release the results up to Him. However, it turns out, that's God's will for me. I must keep my magnified mind on my acceptance and off my expectations by, but my serenity is directly proportional to my level of acceptance. And when I remember this, I can see I've never had it so good. Thank God for AA. Amen. P- turn to page 552, 552, please. Uh-huh. He said, in effect, if you have a resentment you want to be free of, if you will pray for the person or the thing that you resent, you will be free. If you will ask in prayer for everything you want for yourself to be given to them, you will be free. Ask for their help, their prosperity, their happiness, and you will be free. 
even when you don't really want it for them and your prayers are only words and you don't mean it. Go ahead and do it anyway. Do it every day for two weeks and you will find you have come to mean it and to want it for them. And you will realize that where you used to feel bitterness and resentment and hatred, you now feel compassionate, understanding, and love. It worked for me then, and it has worked for me many times since, and it will work for me every time I am willing to work it. Sometimes I have to ask first for the willingness, but it too always comes. And because it works for me, it will work for all of us. As another great man says, The only freedom a human being can ever know is doing what you ought to do because you want to do it. This great experience that released me from the bondage of hatred and replaced it with love is really just another affirmation of the truth I know. I get everything I need in Alcoholics Anonymous and everything I need, I get. And when I get what I need, I invariably find that it was just what I wanted all the time. All right, page uh, 100, please. 100. Okay. Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. We look back and we realize that there are that the things that which came to us when we were putting ourselves in God's hand were much better than anything we could have, have planned. Follow the decades of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world no matter how, no, uh, no matter what your present circumstances. Amen. Uh, Amen. Page 83, please. Bottom of 83. 83. Okay. If we were painstaking about this phrase in our development, we would be amazed before we were halfway through. We're going to go know a new freedom, a new happiness, and we're not going to pass, but we'll shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity, and we will know peace no matter how far down the scale we have gone. We will see how our experiences can benefit others, and in the feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in our selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude upon, and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Amen. Page 85, it is easy, it is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of the will. Much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. 
if we have carefully followed directions, we have begun to sense the flow of His Spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God-conscious. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense. But we must go further, and that means more action. Page 43, bottom of 43, please. Once more, the alcohol at a certain time has no effect on his mental defense against the first strain. Except for a few rare cases, neither nor any other human being can provide such a defense. This defense must come from a higher power. D.N., beautiful, beautiful, wonderful words of life. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Rick, for coming on here. Let's go ahead and close with the Lord's Prayer, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep, keep coming back. Thank you so much, Rick. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. We'll, thank you. Thank you. Hope to see you tomorrow. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.